Hello, welcome to First Person, a podcast brought to you by Coleman FBC. I'm Chuck, and during the next few minutes, I'll join you, the listener, as we meet and get to know others in the First Baptist family. Together, we'll learn about them, their families, and what brought them to Coleman. First, I want to thank the production team of Karen Harmon and Vance Donahue for their help in making this podcast available. Well, I'm joined today by Stanley Dye. He's come by to visit with us and spend some time on our first person podcast. And I'm excited that you're here. Stanley and I are longtime friends. Um, our paths have crossed in all kinds of different ways over the years. And I've had the opportunity to get to know he and Gloria uh, in a lot of different settings. And then when I came to First Baptist and Stanley came to First Baptist, our paths crossed once again. So we have the opportunity to minister here together. Uh, Stanley is uh been a longtime pastor in the community, a longtime businessman, and he's, I tell people, he probably knows more people and more people know him than anybody I know. So, Stanley, good to have you with us. Thanks for coming by and spending some time. Great to be here, Chuck. It's just a privilege. Um, I still remember the first Sunday that I visited First Baptist. They were interviewing a possible candidate for the music ministry. And this man walked up on the stage, and I said, "That's Chuck." So that was a that was sort of again uh, a wonderful experience getting to see my friend Chuck. We've been, as he said, we've crossed paths on many different you know ways, and uh, it's, he's just a joy to be with. Well, we've always had a had a good time, and I know. When we do these first-person podcasts, it's an opportunity to people for people to just get to know about people that they see. You've substituted in Sunday school. You've taught Bible studies on Wednesday nights, and you've taught on Sunday. You've done a lot of different things already here. So a lot of people know you. Uh, it's, it's always surprising to me, though, no matter how involved someone is or, know, or how many different things that they're involved in, a lot of folks just don't know about them. They see them like it's like me or us, you know. They they see us, but they don't really know a lot about them. And I I thought it'd be great for people to have an opportunity to get to know you, both our new members, and we have a bunch of those, and our uh, folks who have been here for a long time. So, tell me about Stanley. Dye. first tell me where you're from, Stanley. Fairview. Fairview. I, I call it the Little Jerusalem. <laughs> but I've lived out at Fairview now. We. Uh, Glory and I, we built a house out there about 22 years ago, and so we got a farm, and uh, we'll probably settle at Fairview for the remaining of our lives. For the duration, huh? Well, it, it's a pretty part of the county out there now. I like it, and you've got a, you do have a have a beautiful farm. So, and you grew up in that area, right? That's that's where you went to school and graduated from high school and all those kind of things, correct? Well, I went to school at Fairview. Um, my grandfather, actually, the football field and the baseball diamonds there at Fairview High School is the property that belonged to my grandmother and my grandfather. And uh, But I went to Fairview. Uh, we had a couple of breaks back and forth going to Gardendale. I graduated from Gardendale in 73. Okay. But I still call Fairview my alma mater. You know, that's where I've not been back to Gardendale since then. And uh, the night I graduated from Gardendale, I actually moved back to Fairview. And so... There's where I've been, you know. I, I got you. Now, I, I know this is hard to imagine, but you, you tell us about your family. But you have a twin brother, right? I have a twin brother, and uh, that's been a very interesting part of our lives. <laughs> so how many people do you have? I mean, tell, tell, tell us about your family, your mom, your dad, your wife, that kind of thing. Well, I have three brothers. I have Richard, Stephen, my twin, David, 
And then we have, I call her my little sister. Uh, her mother and daddy accidentally was uh, taken at early age. And so Nikki was raised by my parents. And so she she's just my little sister. I so understand, there's yeah. Four boys and one girl. Oh, my. All right. So, and then tell me about you, about Gloria and about your uh, immediate family. Well, Gloria, we met early in life, probably um, maybe 13, 14, and and started liking each other. And then we'd break up. We'd like each other and break up. But uh, we married in 1974. I've been married now 47, going on 48 years. And... uh, I, I could, uh, God couldn't have picked me out a, a better mate. Uh, oh, she sure. has, she's followed me. I pastored for close to thirty-eight years by vocational pastoring. She followed me in four different churches. Uh, the last church was about twenty years, but uh, never said a word. Just, I mean, a, a pastor couldn't ask for a better wife than I've had. And so we've got two kids. We have April and Garrett. Both are married. Uh, April's married to Blake, and Garrett's married to Stephanie. April has three, and Blake, they have three kids. Uh, Stephanie and Garrett have two. They're all going to Coleman. And so we're just uh, all Colmanites, I reckon you can say now. You're all you're all located here. When I first came to know Stanley, I don't know, I have no idea what year it was, but um, you and my brother started well, you were already in the mobile home business, or you were working for the people who y'all eventually bought out. But he he was recruiting at Wallace State for the music department and started selling mobile homes with you. Am I right on that? I think True. that's kind of— That's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rodney, me and Rodney, uh, I, I was working for Dan York and Ronnie Carter at that time. And Rodney ended up in our past crossed, and so he come to work there. And it was called Today Homes. And uh, me and Rodney ended up and partnered later to buy Today Homes, and we we called it Star Homes. So we've been in the manufacturing modular home business. Uh, in 1998, we sold out, and and um, and from there, uh, I did mission work pretty much for about eight years. Is all I did was mission work, uh, pastoring and doing mission work. Uh, made the decision in 2006 to go back into industry. I tell people, Chuck, if there's one thing that I did not pray about, it was going back into the industry. <laughs> I, I was going to do it for two or three years later and then retire again, and I'm still looking for that next retirement date. It hasn't quite panned out like you like, huh? Well, let's just say between some recessions and oh some hailstorms and everything else, it seems like when you get you know, a little head, then for some reason— you know, it sort of gets snatched away. But. Right. Well, God has a plan. I mean, you've been in, I know you've been in that business a long time and you know that business. And, um, but as most of us know, it's a difficult, it's a difficult business. Every business is, you know, and um, so uh, I know it is. But, and then I know that you started a church, right? You helped plant a church here in, in Coleman County. Well, I how, did. Tell us about that. I planted a, Around 1999, we planted Greater Vision Church. It's mm-hmm. right off of Highway 69, 69. Gotcha. and uh, just felt led to do a new work and uh, started that work, and we started out in North Coleman and a little bitty shopping center down there. I think Chuck E. Cheese Pizza Place came in behind us, so yeah. it used to be named Charlie's Knives, maybe. Okay. 
And then we went from there to the old Allstate building and uh, where Charlie used to serve Orange Rose. We started serving Jesus. There you go. So we go in there and we renovate that building and uh, we stayed there and then it was sold. And so uh, we bought some property. We bought Lev Makers out on 69 and, and built that church. And I pastored it for right at 20 years. So anyway, just been around pastoral ministry, uh, church work all of my life. Yeah. So yeah, I remember when you when you started the Greater Vision Church, uh, and when you guys were meeting in the old Allstate building, I I, I remember that. Uh, some people may be aware I grew up in this area, but I was a, away from here for over twenty, like twenty two years, serving in other churches. So I, we kind of I kind of have a, an association with Coleman County in that way. Anyway, in that I grew up in Hansville, and so. Uh, of course, we didn't know each other in the growing up time, but I'm, I'm familiar with a lot of the landmarks and all that. So, uh, but yeah, I remember. I remember when you guys did that, and so, so you were there. Did you decide to? Because I remember, you know, like we both came here about the same time, Stanley. And so, did you and I decide? Did you decide to kind of retire from pastoring or seek a different mission field, or how did that? How did that come about? Well, I felt about five years ago. It was. I realized it was. I would want to finish out doing mission work. I see. And so uh, Philip Ashley, a young pastor in this community, uh, uh, we had the privilege of sort of mentoring him a little bit. Uh, He preached his first Christmas, his first Easter, his first revival, uh, several different firsts in his life. He did them there at Greater Vision. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to step back. He had started a work in a church and— uh, was able to merge the two churches together, and he's still uh, pastoring the church, and the church is doing good. And so it brings joy to my heart every time I go by and look and see that parking lot full of cars. It just brings joy to my heart that the work's yeah. going. But I took a different direction. Uh, I'm on the board of directors for 4G Ministries. Uh, Dr. Stanley Kilgore, a dear friend of mine, we've been friends for 40-plus years and I've been on several mission trips. Um, we've been doing missions in Belize with the Maya Indians back in the jungle for probably 25, maybe up to 30 years. Uh, we have about 40 churches established in the jungles. And we've been a part of, uh, the Lord's allowed us to be a part of building several churches in, in the jungles. And uh, so uh, missions is sort of where I am uh, felt led to head and and so the Lord's just, once I made that decision, he's just opened up a number of doors, you know. Right. Well, so I know that you're involved in, you've been involved in that with uh, with Stanley Kilgore. I, I know him. I know he, he, he's retired pastor from Center Grove, another church, correct? In yes. Community. Yeah. A great guy. I've known him for a long time as well. And uh, so now, so you come to First Baptist, and I, my, my question would be, I know that you do a lot of work with... Uh, with the foundry and all that kind of stuff, how did it? How, you probably have known about it for a long time, but how did you get so involved with the foundry? And tell us about the foundry, how that works. And you know, I mean, this is a get to know Stanley, so I know that's a that's a big passion that you have for for doing that kind of stuff. So tell us about the tell us about your work, your involvement with the foundry. Well, foundry is a faith based uh, program for men. And what had happened, I owned my own business, Star Homes. And so I was able to work a lot of these men. They, at that time, could get day passes and come. And I'd have just 
a lot of work I would need done. So I could go out there and pick up two or three men and they could come and work for me. And so I got to knowing these guys. And and so I was out there one day and I asked Eddie, I said, Eddie, I said, Eddie Wilson is the uh, director. Okay. I said, can I come out here and do a Bible study at the foundry? And he said, absolutely. That's been a little over probably five years ago now. And so we have a the Lord has brought some wonderful men in my life. I got Robert Franklin, I got Dr. Dillinger, I got Noah Chambliss, I got Ralph McGowan. Um, he's just brought some really uh, uh, great people into my life, and they're just like clockwork. They're there. So every Monday night, uh, we have a Bible study, and we run about 40 to 50% of the men that's there at the foundry. They normally can have up to 60 men, but we'll run 25 to 30 just voluntarily coming down to our uh, Bible studies. And uh, we love it. I love it. I love them. And uh, if it wasn't for the fact they probably snore a lot out there, I might out, might <laughs> I might go out there and spend the night with them sometime. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it is an incredible operation. And, you know, when I came here, and I know you, you found this to be well, First Baptist has a long-time involvement with the foundry, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. I know that— that Johnny Green, uh, a lot of those those guys, Robert, like you mentioned, Robert Franklin, they've had a they've been involved with the foundry for well, Richard White long, long, and yeah. Johnny Green. That's right. They have a Thursday night campfire. Okay, and they've been going out there probably for maybe ten years. To, I see, and these are men that have completed the program mm-hmm. and they're ready to phase out. And right. we have a big, uh, they have a beautiful place down there on the creek. Have a big fire, and these guys get to, I've been to share those. what yeah. God's done in their life, and so. But we carried it in a different direction. Uh, we carried it into discipleship. And okay. If, if you study Four G Ministries and Stanley Kilgore, uh, I'm on the that's the board of directors that I'm serve on. Uh, discipleship is what we are really into, and so uh, we started discipling men. And First Baptist is here just. Uh, open the doors for me to come in here. I've been able to teach Sunday school. I've taught on Wednesday night. Uh, Chuck hasn't let me sing in the choir yet, but outside of that... <laughs> I'm saving your place, you know. <laughs> outside of that, I've been pretty much involved. I'm on the mission committee here at First Baptist. I now serve as a deacon here at First right. Baptist. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, oftentimes when a pastor retires from pastoral work, it's difficult to find a church that especially will let them work in the church. And yeah. uh, First Baptist, uh, I told Ralph McGowan when he came to First Baptist, I said, I said, uh, you better get ready. You're going to work. And uh, and so Ralph will tell you that he's going to work. So uh, Brother Tom Richter, Scott, and Chuck, and all the staff here have just made us extremely welcome to, to be able to come and to serve and, and continue to serve. So we just love it. Well, it's a huge I mean, it's a wonderful thing. All the different things that you're y'all are involved in, and and of course the foundry is is a big part of that. And uh, so, tell us about the building that you're building. I think that's really cool. You're building a church building for them, correct? Correct. In one of our Monday night Bible studies, um, we did Experiencing God by Henry Blackerby. And the thing that would happen at the end of each session or video, someone would normally tell about a God thing, rather that God told them to go 80 miles from where they was living at and to buy a piece of property and eventually build a church and start a church. I'm sitting there one night in, in one of the meetings, and 
watching a video, and and a man was test, telling about what God had really spoke to him to do. And it's like I'm sitting here with you, Chuck, it's just like the Lord said, well, when are you going to build me a church out here? So I began to pray about that. And now we didn't have a bank account. We didn't have a, a nickel <laughs> in a bank as far as to do this with. And I called Eddie, and I said, Eddie, I said, if uh, we can put together a team of people in this community and build a church, can we build a church out here for the foundry where the men's wives and their children can come and worship with them? Because at the present, Chuck, we have a room that will hold about 60, 70 guys. So there's no way that the wives and children, mom and dads, can come and worship with their, you know, the son, their husband, or whoever. And so the vision was was to not just to help win the man, but to win the family. And so um, I talked to um, Eddie about it, and Eddie said, man, we've been praying about a church. So I talked to the men that was serving with me on Monday night, especially Robert Franklin, and uh, uh, we said, go for it. And so that's where it started, and I just started uh, gathering people together that I knew personally that would share the same vision. And uh, Chuck, it's been an exciting walk of faith. Every time that we needed something, somebody stepped up, and it was always there. And we're about 85% finished with the building. It'll seat probably 150, 175 comfortably. And uh, all the men are excited. They've been a part of help building it. And uh, I, if I try to name everybody that's been involved, I'd probably miss somebody. Oh, I'm but sure. It's just amazing in every aspect of the building process. When it came that time, somebody stood up, and I said, um, "It's it's just been an awesome thing to to experience watching that building go up and and know it's just a God thing, you know." Yeah, that's incredible because you know we we always. You know, when you build a building, and you've been in church life for for many many years, and you know that it's a it's a total different way of going about it. But the way that you guys did this, I mean, you yeah, you put together a group of people. But as you say, whenever a need arose, it wasn't like it was planned for out here somewhere. It's like here's the need, God will supply, and he's he's done that from what you're telling me, just in spades. I mean, just incredible. Well, every time the well seemed to get Right, nearly dry, God would just pour water in it, yeah. and uh, and I was meeting with Eddie yesterday at the foundry about the remaining things that we had to uh, do, and uh, there was some individuals showed up, came in, wanted to see the project, had heard about it, and made a five thousand dollar donation just right there, and I told Eddie, I said, God's not going to let the well get dry. <laughs> So it's been a wonderful thing. The most exciting thing as Eddie was talking to them was we can't wait to see children mm-hmm. come there on Sunday morning and go in and sit down with their daddy and worship and see daddy as he's experiencing a changed life. Uh, the fact is, is maybe we can help the whole family experience that right. change. And that would, and I can't imagine how that would encourage those dads and encourage those families. I mean, that's just a that's an incredible thing, and so, uh, man, I'm just I'm so I'm so fired up. I'm excited that you guys have been able to make this happen. It's just it's unreal. Well, so there's the foundry, right? That's something that you're heavily involved in, and so now you and some other guys are fixing to head out on a major mission trip. 
And but now this mission trip is a little different, isn't it? I how, uh, have you honed your athletic skills for this particular trip? Because I understand there's going to be some heavy lifting as far as when it comes to athletics in this one. But tell us about this trip. Tell us where you first where you're going and what the trip is about and and how it's how it's laid out. It's a little different. It sounds to me like than what a lot of trips are. It is. Four G Ministries has we have a Bible. Institute there in the Philippines at GSF Bible College. Uh, Brother Stanley Kilgore is is teaching, and men and women there at the college can you know get up to a master's degree uh, because Brother Stanley's got his doctorate, and they can get accredited for the courses. Um, we're trying to figure out a way. Uh, GSF Bible College is a medium sized, small medium sized Bible college in the sense, but. Um, they don't have the resources like we have here on, in the States. So we wanted to use some kind of tool to evangelize uh, and maybe help GSEP get known better. So we're going to do a basketball camp. And uh, now 4G Ministries is planning. Uh, we will build a gymnasium there in Calpatron, uh, Philippines. That's just right out of a little place called Iloilo. But uh, we're going to build a gymnasium there. So the ideal was was to go and put on a basketball camp. And so uh, the Lord is there again. Just He just brought, when you, when you make the commitment, it was myself and Alan Duncan, and, and now we got Scott Carlin, our associate pastor here at First Baptist. We got Robert Franklin. He is a uh, deacon member here at First Baptist. We got Mike Dean. Uh, he's a member here. Mike is a former coach and has had tremendous amount of coaching, you know, uh, has skills, and he's been to a lot of clinics. So Mike's going to head up the clinic. So July the 9th, uh, we'll be leaving out of Coleman about 3.30 in the morning, and we land in Manila on that Sunday afternoon at about 11 o'clock that night. So uh, we're going over. We're going to do a basketball clinic. We've already got Everything's in line. We've already rented a gymnasium. Now, there again, we needed basketballs. A class here at First Baptist took up the money and paid for 50 basketballs. We needed some ba- additional basketball goats. There again, some people stepped up. We got additional basketball goats. And so what's so exciting is just once you make commitments in the mission, is seeing God then do what he wants to do and what he can do. So we're going to go over. We'll do a, a three-day clinic, uh, and after the end of each the clinic, um, we'll uh, give each man a basketball. Now, when you give a Filipino a basketball, that's like giving a lady here in America a diamond ring. Oh, I see. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's they will be ecstatic, you know. Mm. And so uh, we're just real excited. I, oh, yeah. uh, we can't wait to get back. And and the push is is that hopefully the camp will be successful. That it'll be on a consistent basis, then we can go every year and do a clinic. And in that clinic, uh, we'll be actually sharing the gospel on three different times during the day. And then at, at each night, uh, Scott or myself, one will be bringing a message. Uh, and so uh, it's we right. can't wait to get on an airplane. Oh, it'll be fun. Now, here, now, tell me if this is correct. This is, this is what I'm hearing, you know, like word on the street, scuttlebutt and all that kind of stuff. I've heard that moaning and crying from down here that Mike Dean had you down here running wind sprints to get you in shape so you could we, do this basketball game. There was no such thing as running sprints. <laughs> I, um, I tried to chase the ball out 
and the ball <laughs> outran me. And so we came back and decided that I'm going to be the water boy. Oh, okay. But now, you know, there's a few years difference between me and I a few see. of these guys, but uh, I, I'm going to be the water boy. And so if they call me coach, we need some Gatorade, then I'll be bringing the Gatorade. Well, Scott Carlin tells me he's been activated to duty on his basketball skills. You know, he's an old basketball guy, too. Oh, well, you know. We pulled up. We have a meeting every Thursday night. We'll have one tonight, a uh, matter of fact. He does have a gold out at his house, so I'm figuring he's out there doing. Yeah, a little, he's out there. He he's out there get... practicing. He ain't gonna get showed up. Scott's too competitive. He's too competitive. He's not gonna let nobody show him up. Oh, he's serious. Oh, yeah, he is. So well, that but that's an incredible. And you know, it's just a. I mean, you've got to do what you need to do to get people. You know, so you can can share the word with them. You can share Christ, share Christ with them, and. I just think that's neat that y'all are doing that. And I know all the guys that you've mentioned love the Lord, and, and they love to serve. And so when when you guys get back, I'm going to get Robert Franklin to come in and sit down for one of these podcasts. And you can fess up to me beforehand if you want to, but I'll get the lowdown on how you actually did, whatever you did, whether it was preaching or and being a water boy. I, I'll, say, I just, hey, I can, I'll get the goods on you. That's just not pray I'm not in a hospital over there. <laughs> I just hope that's true. I hope none of you are. I, I pray that, pray really, all joking aside, that it turns out to be a great trip. And I know um, there'll be a lot of folks praying for you. In fact, the business is this Sunday morning, in both services, we're going to pray for you and mm-hmm. uh, commission you and those kind of things. So, man, it's going to, I'm excited about that. So, Stanley, I love you, brother. I mean, I, I always have, and I, I love serving with you. And I, I know that as folks get to know you, they feel the same way. So I just wanted to let our folks know, get to know Stanley. And I hope that they kind of have a feel for who you are. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying this is going to make you famous, uh, if it does, I'll I'll be in for a cut. Uh, you know, if we can get our viewership up a little bit, our advertising will kind of revenue will kind of come in a little bit more. You know, so. But I just thank you for coming by and spending some time with you. And I'm excited about all these different things. It's just a joy to see somebody serve the Lord the way that you're doing it. So, well, Chuck, in life, most people go through life looking in the mirror and they see one face, and they their whole life is positioned mm-hmm. around that one face that they see. I'm thankful that God, many years ago, he turned me around and let me look the other right. way. Yeah. And life is uh, too short to be selfish. We need to be selfless. We need to realize there are opportunities out there, missions, charitable organizations, foundries. Uh, there's so many opportunities out there. And uh, I, when I go to the grave, I don't want to go to the grave looking back saying, I wish I had done. Right. I pray that God will use me as long as I'm phys- physically able right. to do what I can yeah. and to hopefully finish out my tenure here at First Baptist serving under Tom Richter and the staff here. Have at it. Well, good deal. Well, we love you. Man, it's great to see you. Thank you for coming by. And uh, I look forward to getting to find out, and I'll check with you too, what Robert has to say about the – about the trip, and you guys be careful, and and um, we'll we'll stay up to date. He might tell you that I I would probably show Larry Bird up back in my younger days. <laughs> back in, yeah, what is that? What's that expression? The older I get, the better I was. Yeah, yeah. Well, right, it's good to have you. Thanks, Stanley. We'll, Thank you, Chuck. We'll have a good one. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to First Person. I want to encourage you to share this podcast with friends and family.